Hello, everyone. This is A Moment in History. We've returned after uh, quite a bit of a break. This is WCCS Podcast, and I am Harrison Zyberg. And if my guests would like to introduce themselves. Uh, hello, my name is Ryan Whiting. I'm a junior at Wheaton College. I was Harrison's roommate last year, and I would consider us friends. Um, and uh, I'm very excited to be here. So you're the first person that I've really interviewed in a while, and you're the first person um, who's to be interviewed that has like a few weeks of what can be described, I guess, as new college under their belt. So I just wanted you to tell us a little bit, like, how has the college experience been these past few weeks? Uh, it's honestly been pretty good. Uh, campus has been pretty safe. I still think we have zero student cases. They just today opened up indoor dining at Chase. So it was cool to see students without masks eating food where they're supposed to um, instead of like how I usually eat it, which is out of a cardboard box in my dorm. Um, classes are going well. The in-person ones have been nice. Online ones are sort of the same as always, but I, I would say it's overall been an okay experience. How have, um, how have your classes been? Um, they've been good. They, uh, my one class I have, it's medieval literature, uh, has been feeling really normal. Uh, you like, it's sort of unchanged from how it would normally be taught on campus, which is nice, um, kind of grounding. And then, uh, my online classes have been okay. They, uh, it, it's hard to keep focus, um, when you're in your room trying to, do work when you have all this stuff you'd rather do around you. But I think the teachers are doing an all right job of it. Um, I, I guess overall, it's fine. I think it's better than when we first went to online, but it's still not ideal. I guess, because it's really like, this is really like the second semester of online learning um, because of last semester. So like, if you can compare the classes, either quality or just even how they ran between this semester and the last semester, like what would you say about them? Um, well, last semester I had two classes that were asynchronous where we didn't meet at all um, because it was a transition where we maybe like 60% of the class we had before the uh, they sent everybody home. So, uh, they were just like, here's the rest of the work for the semester, do it when you can do it. And then the other two classes were more like what they are now, which is synchronous online lectures. Um, and they're okay. Uh, I, I think some, some teachers definitely get the grip of it pretty quickly and make a, uh, an effort to make the online classes either feel normal or sort of embrace the uh, the internet side of it where they'll have uh, a lot of screen sharing or um, resources online. And, and there are some teachers who are having more trouble with it. Uh, it's always weird to be in the middle of class and then there's just a five minute gap while the teacher tries to like silently figure out how Zoom works. Um, but it, it's, it's all right, I guess. I, I would definitely say the teachers have come a long way and uh, I think most people are used to it and running it by now compared to when we first started. Now I'm going to ask in a question I don't know the answer to at all, but has there been anything 
in these last few weeks that has been like, obviously Zoom classes are weird. Has anything really funny happened during them, either with the teachers or like a student doing something? Um, I have one kind of example, but I'm not going to be too specific because I don't want to step on anybody's toes. But I do have a class where no matter what you say, the teacher just kind of responds with, mm-hmm over uh, our um, uh, video conference. So um, somebody will put, put a question mark in the chat and she'll call on you and then you can give like a 10 minute long answer and they'll be like, mm-hmm, yeah. And then they'll move on. And uh, I'm not sure if that's what they would do in person, but it sort of feels like you unmute your mic, you talk for, however long you talk and then you're done. And uh, that, that same class we're using Google Classroom and Google Hangouts and everything else is using OnCourse and Zoom. So it's, it's uh, uncharted territory over there. I hope, you, I hope you know when that professor listens to this podcast, it was kind of <laughs> immediately, just automatic expulsion. They, they could, they could. I don't think they'll, uh, they'll find out and if they do, I'm not upset. I just, uh, constructive criticism, you know? Final. Just kind of get like, can you send me an email list of all of your professors though? Just to be, just to be sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you a, my class schedule and highlight the class I was talking about and give you detailed notes about everything I hate about it. Thank you. Now, uh, I know what your majors are cause I'd be a bad roommate if I didn't, but for the, world of podcasting and the record, what are your majors? Um, my majors are film and new media studies and English because my favorite things are watching movies and reading books. And so I, I pay several thousand dollars a year to do that in a classroom. So how is, um, have, is how you viewed your majors in these last few months or because of these last few months, has how, how you viewed your majors changed at all? or maybe what you want to do with them after school? Uh, yes, it actually has. That was a good question. I don't know if you, if you knew that or if you ask everybody that, but that's a good question. Um, I, Wheaton definitely has a, a bit of a shortage of film classes. It's a pretty popular major, and uh, a lot of the core film classes, like Intro to Film Studies and Production One, stuff you have to take are, are pretty crowded and competitive to get into. Uh, and then you sort of have like 500 different new media courses that all teach like the same thing, but also a lot of different things. And I'm always intrigued by what they have to teach me, but then I, I'm always wondering what, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to apply this? And so I, I've sort of been favoring the English side of um, my education a lot more because I'm the new media classes surprisingly in this sort of new media age are, are not extremely, um, not that they're not helpful, but I would, I wanted to be a film major and the film and new media balance is heavily skewed towards new media, at least uh, this semester and the last one or two. Uh, so I, I, I'm hoping to take more film classes cause I, I'd like to do something more practical uh, with that major. Um, because the new media classes are just just a weird uh, mix of subject matters. 
Now, um, so do you think with the uh, film or with that, do you think what you're interested in actually making or the books that you want to read, has that been developed or changed at all because of these past few months and how odd the year is? Or do you think your interests are the same? Um, I'm not sure if it's changed too much. Um, I, I still know what I want to do and uh, the things I want to make. Uh, I, I definitely think I've been exposed to a lot more because of the amount of time I've had to just focus so much on content. Um, I've really doubled down on reading this uh, manga series called One Piece and it's like quickly becoming like one of my favorite stories. Uh, and so I think that's probably influencing me more as a writer as we go on uh, through our quarantine adventures. But um, I, I think the core of what I want to do um, with my majors is still the same. Has there been any um, has there been any projects that you've worked on during these last few months that maybe you just had more time to because of quarantine? Um, well, funnily enough, I've been extremely not productive in uh, quarantine. I've always had this strange thing where I do my best work when I'm not supposed to do it. Uh, I've, I write a lot of stuff during class or, uh, you know, on the train or, or places where I just sort of have random spontaneous thinking. And then when I have, you know, eight hours of free time a day at my computer, I don't do anything productive with it. So I, I think quarantine was this weird freedom of choice illusion time where it was like, you have all the time in the world to do whatever you want. So I did a lot of nothing with that time because I, I didn't really know how to spend it. Well then to expand on, I guess, the nothingness you just said, what did a typical day for you during quarantine or during these past few months look like? Well, over the summer, I started to get a routine going because I, I was waking up way too late and going to bed at like 3 a.m. And I was like, I need to have some kind of structure or else I'm going to become Jabba the Hutt. And so uh, I started getting up at around 9. Uh, I would do, I would get in the shower. I'd do some light exercising, which was horrible for the first few days because I had never done anything like that ever. Um, but then I would, you know, make breakfast, watch an episode of a TV show. I always tried to either have, have an objective for the day or, or have, uh, people to see because I was lucky enough to have some friends that, uh, live nearby and we all sort of quarant not quarantined together, but we all knew everybody was healthy. So we got to see each other a bit. Uh, and if I couldn't see them, I'd think, okay, I'm going to do this today, like read this or watch this or play this, um, which sort of uh, kept me going, I guess. It, it wasn't anything special, but just some light structure. Um, I started making my breakfasts instead of like grabbing a box of dry cereal. Um, just, just very small effort things to go from absolute slob to lightly productive adult. Now, I'm going to ask, what do you miss from pre-COVID times? 
Um, I miss my roommate. Um, he was really ugly and it was nice mm -hmm. to walk around with him and people think I was really attractive by comparison. Mm -hmm. But I do miss all my, all my friends from Wheaton. Uh, I'm uh, one of the only people I know that's back on campus and uh, it's been like six months since I've seen people like you or our friends in person. Um, so that that's definitely what I miss most. I, I'm holding out hope that um, soon enough we'll all have been uh, tested frequently enough to be able to be around each other. Um, but I may have to just force it by getting us all into a big six foot circle while we all wear masks and face shields and gloves. Um, but I, I've been able to alleviate some of that missing human contact with a lot of online stuff, but there's nothing, there's nothing like uh, sitting under your roommate's bed at like three at night composing random made up songs or, uh, you know, stuff like that. Like just, just stupid fun college stuff is what I miss the most. I think it's bold of you to assume that we're friends, Ryan, but anyway, moving I on. Was, I was talking about Tyler. Oh, okay, I always talk about him too when I'm... <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask a question that I like, well, I ask everyone because most of these questions have stayed the same, but so let's, so it's 2020 right now. This year has gone on for a, a thousand years. Eventually, January 1st will roll around and it will no longer be 2021 and people will start to write books about this year or make documentaries or try to record it in some way. How do you think people will remember this year? How do you think you'll remember this year? And then like what issues or events do you think people will focus on and which ones do you think they're just kind of like totally ignore and forget about? Um, I think people have like a weird fascination with the year in terms of how bad it is. I remember in I think 2016, uh, within like a couple months, like David Bowie, Alan Rickman and a few other people all died. And they're like, 2016 is cursed. And I was like, they were all in their 60s and had cancer. So I, I, maybe it's not the year's fault. But uh, I do think a lot of people, especially not historian-wise, but like just people talking to their friends who, who lived through this year and remember it as, the, as time goes on, will sort of forget the causes to a lot of our problems and just be like, man, 2020 was crazy. All this horrible stuff happened because the year sucked and not being like, hey, remember why all this stuff happened? Um, I definitely think it will be portrayed more negatively than it is, at least for some people. Like for me, it's been a, it's been a bad year, but I've been lucky enough where, you know, I'm healthy, my family's healthy, you know, my biggest complaint is I can't see some of my friends, even though there are, you know, people in way worse situations. Um, and I'm sure people like my parents' age will complain a lot, but their only real issue is they work from home now, which isn't even that big of a deal for a lot of people. Um, so while there's definitely some, some really bad stuff, at least relating to the pandemic, um, I do think parts of it will be overblown like we were all living in bunkers and you couldn't get toilet paper for eight years um hopefully what's emphasized more is that this was like a 
horrible crisis that could have been, you know, averted. I think maybe, hopefully, historians in like the scholarly sense of the word will look back on it sort of like Vietnam and um, Nixon and that sort of time where there was a lot of stuff we got into that we really shouldn't. And uh, the current administration, I don't know if this is a pro-Trump podcast or not, but um, bold take here. I think, I think the president uh, fumbled this one. And uh, hopefully that is emphasized more as long with, as uh, along with, the uh, the Black Lives Matter and the racial injustice protest that's going on. Um, I'm sure there will be like three movies about the year and like two of them will be horrible and one of them will win an Oscar. That's my prediction. Um, I, I think it's going to be a year that people remember a lot. Maybe not to the extent that people right now think it is, but definitely on a, on a big scale. Is there a moment that you think you're always gonna remember from it? Um, the only like single moment that sticks out to me was while we were still on campus and it, it was horrible at the time, but looking back, it was like the least like world changing than the rest was, I was walking back to my dorm and I got a text from my girlfriend saying, did you hear about Kobe Bryant? And then like looking at my phone at that moment and like looking up how he had tragically passed away and then like the rest of the day I was in kind of like a weird funk like I'm a basketball fan I'm not like a Lakers fan um but it was he was such like a big figure that it was just so weird and I think that I guess I think people overblow it and be like Kobe's death is the first domino in this horrible year I, I think it was just more like a mood setter um everything else that happened happened a lot slower and uh, there, there weren't any big moments like that that I remember other, other than maybe lying in my bed and uh, getting the email that said all week classes will be virtual. I, I don't even think I was surprised or angry. I was just kind of like, ah, well, here, here we go. You know, like this is how it is now. See, my next question is going to be, do you remember the first moment you learned we'd be moving to online I guess you already answered that one yeah that that happened like the day after we were watching me and my friends were watching a basketball game and they ran out onto the court like seconds before it started and waved the game off because one of the players had coronavirus and they had like just found it out and then there was another game after that and I remember watching it and in the middle of the game the NBA suspended its season like in the, and they kept playing. It was like the third quarter when they said there won't be any more games and the players were like, all right, well, let's just finish this, I guess. And, you know, eventually it came back and uh, basketball has been great. But that, that was like a, within a day or two of getting the email that we weren't coming back. So it was, it was, that was when it hit for me. Did you, looking back, if you can remember, do you think like, were you aware of code before it came to Massachusetts? Did you really like, oh, this is something big? Or was it really just surprise and that really just became a part of everyday life now? I think in December or January, it was like on the news in China about something with 
coronavirus, but it wasn't like uh, like a huge thing. I remember driving in the car with my dad and my dad was like, I'm worried about this coronavirus thing in China. And I was like, dad, shut up. It's, it's not going to happen. It's China. And, but he was worried on like a walking dead level. Like this is going to kill everybody. And I was like, it's no big deal at all. And it's, it turned out to be somewhere in the middle. Um, and then I think maybe we were talking about it in the spring before we all got kicked out eventually. Like we got emails, like if you left the country, you have to quarantine for 14 days. And we we're like, oh, that's weird. And then we went on spring break and everything just kind of fell apart. Now, I've seen you on Reddit very often, so I know you're a big news follower. That's um, bold to assume, but okay. I know, but what do you think in the last two weeks? It's um, September 21st now. What do you think in the last two weeks, roughly, has been the biggest news story? Oh, so this is this is a terrible question for me because I have not been keeping up with the news lately. Um, I, I think the most recent like social event that I've been keeping up with is um, the social unrest with the uh, police brutality sort of taking center stage for a bit. Um, there was obviously the stuff with George Floyd in August, I think. And then um, I think Jacob Blake was one of the more recent ones. Uh, um, shootings of um, black men by police. And so I, I've been sort of keeping up to date. I just, my one of my professors mentioned today that something had happened in, in that same vein, but I honestly haven't uh, kept up that much with the news um, other than like the occasional announcement like uh, yesterday or a couple days ago when uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. Now, because this is so, you've done a bunch of radio, and I've done a bunch of radio. And yeah, listen to, listen to Radio Ryan. Uh, I don't know even how you would listen to it at this point, but listen to Radio Ryan. Yeah, actually, yeah, I've given I've given other <laughs> an opportunity to plug their own shows and their stations. So I've interviewed people now from across the country. Do you want to plug Radio Ryan? Do you have more questions? Because I can do it at the end if you want. I have, I have more questions, but do it now. All right, so I uh, am the host of Radio Ryan, a, a podcast on WCCS. We, we've been on break since the coronavirus, but uh, we will be returning soon. I think October 1st is our rough uh, recording date. Uh, Harrison will be there. I'll be there. Our friend Tyler will be there for a special episode. Um, there's, I think we've done three live seasons on WCCS. There's a few episodes floating around YouTube. If you look up Radio Ryan, I think there's one about aliens and one about D&D &D and maybe, uh, maybe something different. But Radio Ryan uh, and also um, Harrison and I are staff members of uh, Contains Egg, which is a comedy magazine on Wheaton. It's the greatest piece of media ever created. Go to ContainsEgg.com. Uh, so Radio Ryan and ContainsEgg.com. Now, after after you just had our product placements, I'll ask you this. So because this is a podcast, it will be online and recorded, and you can listen back to it anytime. Live radio, you can't really do that because we never record it usually. 
do you have a message you would like to send to the historians that we spoke about earlier? Just about what this, what living through this year has been like for you? This is assuming that historians find a podcast from a small Massachusetts college and use it as historical evidence. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm getting the nod, yes. All right, um, I, I don't know, a message for the future? I guess like, um, do as we say, not as we do. Um, we have some great slogans like wear a mask and keep six feet apart, but uh, you won't always find evidence of people doing that. And so I think, you know, take your lessons. Um, if you have a pandemic response team, maybe don't defund that. Even if it seems far-fetched that we're gonna get one of those again, just just keep around your, your disaster teams and, and keep them funded because Obviously, this is a once-in-a-century type uh, situation, but, you know, I, I would just say, like, stay prepared and, you know, eventually this will be over. It, it's something, some kind of hope to cling to, like, eventually there will be a vaccine and eventually we will get through this and look back on it. Um, but But as soon as it's over, don't, you know, start licking each other on the face and completely forget everything we learned. Uh, obviously, I, I don't think we'll ever go back to what we were, whatever the world was before. I think some of these remnants of the social distant years will stick around. Um, but I, I think in general, just do learn from past mistakes and don't forget about it, I guess is my PSA. Now, I guess one thing, hopefully these will, these will end up in our school's library, so there may be a better chance that a historian could find it. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, but because again, this is a podcast, is there a message you would like to send your future you listening back to this? Um, I'm trying to think at what stage in my life I would really need guidance. Um, I, I, I'm always wary to do these type of time capsule messages because last year I found a note I wrote to myself when I was like eight and it said, go to MIT and build robots. And I'm like, ah, damn, sorry, buddy. I, I failed you. Um, I guess just always uh, the mantra I'm living by right now is if it's not bringing you joy, why are you doing it? And it's not like you're rhetorical question like sometimes you have to do stuff that you don't like for other people or for money or whatever but um i guess make sure when you're listening back to your younger more more perfect self think about your place in life and are you happy and um if you are great and if not what steps can you do to make that i just i just don't ever want to be in a position in my life where I'm sort of stuck in my unhappiness. It's, it's okay to have low periods in your life, but you, you always have to be working towards um, happiness. And so this is a reminder to future Ryan to keep, keep going through your, your high period if you're in one and keep working towards one if you're in a low period. Um, and also get a dog. 
I've always wanted a dog. I don't think I'll forget that, but mm. in case I'm like 26 and I'm listening back to this and I'm like, oh crap, I gotta go get one. Now, I'm gonna, we just talked about future Ryan. I'm gonna ask current Ryan about the past. Okay. Um, so you mentioned, you said we're never gonna go back or probably there were some aspects that we may not go back to mm -hmm. uh, pre. Would you want life to just return to pre-COVID if you could, just everything as it was? Or do you think some something worthwhile has come out of this, if you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I, I've, I've thought about um, something similar to like this, where I, I'm in the camp where your mistakes change you usually for the better. So I, I'm not someone who's who's often like, oh, I wish I could go back and say this instead of what I said or do this or because you never know how that's going to change your life. And I've obviously made mistakes and bad decisions, but I'm happy with where I am in life. And I don't know if I'd be here without those. Um, so I guess on a bigger scale, I do think that this, it's hard to say that I wouldn't want the world to not be in a pandemic. Like I, I, I honestly would like for, you know, hundreds of thousands of people to not have died from this. Um, and it's not in my control, but I do think that we are learning and we are growing. And I think a lot of, unfortunately, especially in America, a lot of change only happens after some really horrible stuff, um, that opens your eyes. Um, obviously climate change is, is an example of that where we're probably going to only work seriously towards that once we're already too late. Uh, and I, every time you look up climate change, there's some scientists being like, we're already too late. We should have done something in 1992. And you're like, ah, crap. But um, I definitely, with the protests and the uh, awareness given to racial injustice, I think that's definitely been one of the more positive outcomes of 2020. Um, respecting people's personal space and being clean and, and healthy is also uh, good. I, I think we'll come out of this with lessons learned. I can't say that this is good for us as a people, but um, I think we will learn and grow from it. I want to ask this question. Um, every, so every student at Wheaton had the choice to go back or to stay on a home or to commute, what made you want to go back to campus? Um, I guess a couple of reasons. The first being, uh, as much as I truly, deeply love my family, I could not spend three more months living with them. Um, I'm at the weird age, and I'm sure many people it, between like 18 and 23 feel this way, where you're, you're an adult and you have realized that your family is hopefully a wonderful family, but not wonderful roommates. And you start to think like, this isn't how I would, you know, these aren't the groceries I'd buy. And this isn't, uh, this isn't how I, you know, run my house. So, so you start thinking about it like that, but you're also young enough where I can't afford to not live with my parents. So getting my own space and um, being uh, independent was important. 
Um, also, I, I found that I was not at all paying attention to class um, at home when we did our online classes. And something about being on campus taking online classes makes me much more productive than being at home. Um, and I, I just, I wanted it to feel like school. I, I wanted to be in that wave of people going back because I think this will be, this is, even if we don't go back to fully on campus uh, next semester, which I hope we do, but I don't know how likely that is. I think this version is better than completely online and hopefully myself and all the other students here that are trying to keep it a safe environment um, can prove to everybody else that, you know, if you can come back, it, it's possible to do it in a safe way and um, sort of set the precedent for any potential uh, semesters that are future. Uh, it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a hard decision for me um, because I don't live too far from campus and um, I, I'm not really, you know, I'm a young, healthy individual and my family's healthy. So I, I wasn't worried about it for safety reasons. And I, I did want to come back and I'm happy with my decision, but I totally and completely understand all the people that didn't come back. I'm just hoping that I can be here as sort of a, uh, a marker to be like, hey, things are, things are good over here if you're ready. Uh, I guess that's my philosophy on it. Were you, were you scared at all in coming back or going out to what's a public space with COVID still being a thing? Um, no, I, I mean, I'm not someone, again, I think I've mentioned this before, but I, I'm pretty lucky in the sense that COVID hasn't severely impacted my life. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm not really worried about it. I, I'm because I know that I'm doing everything I can to make sure I'm safe and my, my family and my friends are safe. Luckily, this is a disease where as long as you do the right thing, you can keep a lot of people safe. Um, obviously, if other people aren't, they can screw that up for you. But um, you, you, you know, going to Walmart and not wearing a mask is hurting you a lot more than it's hurting uh, the people who are, I think. Uh, so I, I, I think that I wasn't really scared because I was, uh, I was prepared and I knew I was taking the right steps to do it. And I, I trusted in Wheaton and uh, honestly surprised by uh, how well they've um, handled it and they've made it a really uh, safe and um, I guess clean environment. Now we're moving on to the last few questions. So just before, this is the one I meant to ask earlier and you've sort of gone to it. Um, but I guess, how was your hometown affected during these last few months with COVID? Um, I, I don't know the numbers. I don't know the statistics. I, I'm from Attleboro, which is uh, southeast Massachusetts, like 25 minutes from Providence and an hour from Boston. Um, people I knew were, were seemed to be okay. I, I didn't. I didn't see too many people out and about. And when I did, they were wearing masks and um, I didn't know anybody who um, contracted it uh, personally. And I only knew of like secondary people, like a friend of a friend or, or uh, I knew a friend who had a family member who had it or something like that. 
Um, I think overall we did an all right job. Um, I'm not very involved in my town, so I couldn't tell you the the numbers or how our mayor's doing, but I, I think we were on par or better than than the average uh, Massachusetts town. Now, I already asked you this question a few weeks ago, but you may have forgotten. And this is my favorite question to ask because everyone gives very different answers, but what do you think, or when do you think you'll be able to shake someone's hand, no gloves, no anything, just normally without feeling weird about it? Hmm. Um, I, 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 pre-COVID, I felt weird about shaking strangers' hands. Um, so I, I don't, I mean, like, personally, uh, I don't know. I think that for, like, the logistics of the question, I honestly think that right now I could shake somebody's hand and, you know, immediately sanitize it and be fine. Um, but obviously, we don't want to have that as our cultural thing. Um, Honestly, I think that it, that might be one of the, the weird side effects of this pandemic is that going forward in the future, we just don't do that anymore. Uh, maybe not like everybody, but it becomes much less common where, uh, you know, in, in the 2070s, you're like, hey, why don't we shake hands anymore? And it's like, ah, oh, we don't want to give each other COVID. And, you know, your grandkids will be like, what's COVID? And you'll be like, ah, whatever. Um, I don't know. I think it, it's a weird range of we might never feel safe or comfortable doing it again, or we might do it tomorrow and, and not think too much about it and just, you know, wash our hands. Um, but yeah, I don't really go around shaking strangers' hands a lot. So I'm, I'm definitely fine with handshakes just stopping being a thing. Never. Yeah, been. I'm, I mean, fist bumps are, are pretty much the same and are so much safer, I think, you know. The elbow touch is cool because you can then do the other elbow and make it a cool little dance. Um, even, even just we can all wear cowboy hats again and just tip our hats to people. That would be fun. So, for a, this was a question that a history professor gave me to ask. Not you specifically, but in general. But we're, I was going to say, I don't know any history professors on campus. So this is a, I asked a history professor what some good questions would be. Um, because I've got 40 interviews in, that's when I should start changing things up, making it exciting. <laughs> so we're three-fourths of the way through this year. And it's been, sorry that things are happening upstairs. You can probably hear stuff just make people making noise in my kitchen. Anyway, it's been a eventful year, at least also in the news. Did you have any... Like, like, how did you think this year when it started was going to turn out? Like in January, when January 1st, like, what did you, what, do you have any plans for the year? Were you looking forward to anything that just sort of got derailed because of everything that's happened? That's so funny because the pandemic had this weird effect on time where it felt like time flew by, but every individual week felt like 11 days long or something like that. Like, I already can't believe we're at September, but also I can't remember, like, those weird months of January and February where things were pretty much fine. Uh, I remember having dinner New Year's Eve with my girlfriend, Ava, and we sort of had a little talk about, like, our year in review. And then we were like, what do we want to do in 2020? And I remember being like, 
oh, I want to go to Nantucket again because we went there last summer or, or Florida and see my grandparents. And, you know, I have all these plans for school and, uh, but nothing set in stone. But I, I definitely, I, even as events happened, I always underestimated things. I was like, this will be over soon. Or like, this isn't that big of a deal. I remember one of my friends said that, I remember in the early stages of the virus, they said that the earliest we could possibly get the vaccine was September. And obviously that was a little, understandably so, we don't want a virus as early as possible. We want one that's as effective as possible. It's September, it's almost October, we don't have one. But I remember my friend saying something like, are we gonna have to be stuck inside till September? And I was like, no, that's insane. Like they're just saying that because like you sh we should, self-quarantine and and that should make things a lot easier and in theory i was right like if everyone had followed mask protocols and self-quarantine i think the situation would be a lot better right now but um i never expected it to be like this but it's sort of how i felt when i learned we weren't coming back to campus i'm not shocked or agitated or sad because it, a lot of it's out of my control so i'm just sort of like okay you know, what do we have to do now? You just, you just sort of have to roll with the punches with stuff like this. No, I always like to give this opportunity, but is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? Um, I think when I heard you were doing a moment in history podcast, I thought it was like a historical podcast where you talked about history, which I still think would be a fun idea for you. Um, and I, I, I texted you saying, can we talk about Teddy Roosevelt? Um, but I don't know how much time you have here because I'm sure we both have a lot of thoughts about Teddy. If you, again, if you want, I will definitely make a new show just to talk about Teddy Roosevelt. I'm thinking that we'll do a, a, a spinoff of both of these, both of our shows, mm -hmm. uh, a collaboration between Brady Ryan and a moment in history where we go, because I've always really wanted to know more about history and, um, you know more than me and I think you'd be, you'd be happy to like correct my cool assumptions of the world. Mm -hmm. Be like, well, actually Pharaohs didn't do anything. Um, so maybe we'll do a, a spin-off podcast where we go through history and uh, do something like that. So stay tuned, I guess. I like how your, your friend for two years and your roommate for a year has been a history major and you have never asked me a historical question. Well, I always, th it's, it's like if you lived with a, you know, if you lived with Isaac Newton, I feel like you wouldn't be like, hey, gravity, am I right? You'd be like, that's, yeah, that's his thing, you know, leave that. You've never asked me about, um, I'm trying to think of examples, but you've probably asked me a lot about yeah, things I care all about. All the time about film and English. <laughs> you just said, whatever. This is a new development and I'm flummoxed. We'll move on to the last two questions which have stayed the same for the last 40 interviews and we'll for the 41st. Um, what do you think the next steps moving forward are? Um, I, I'm gonna focus more on what I can do or what a listener could do because I'm sure the, the science boys working on the vaccine have their game plan. Um, I guess you gotta just, um, not a lot of change is gonna happen right away. You just have to stick with it. Like, I'm sure there's people that are like, this is dumb. I wear a mask every day and coronavirus is still around. Um, 
it's not really something we can solve. We just sort of have to hunker down and keep doing it. Um, so I guess the steps are uh, wear a mask, get tested as regularly as you can. Um, don't be stupid, you know, don't go to Walmart without a mask. I keep bringing this up because last time I went to Walmart, there was these two women that weren't wearing masks and I was behind them in the store like the whole time and I was just like, what are they doing? Um, so so I, I guess like use common sense, um, just keep doing what you're doing, try and enjoy the, the situation you're in as much as you can and uh, know that things will get better eventually, but don't like just count on it happening. Like things definitely will get better and this will pass, but only if you just aren't stupid, I guess. And then for our last question, um, are you hopeful? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not really looking, uh, I don't look in the future too much. Um, I try to live in the moment. And, uh, but I also, my dad taught me when I was very young, um, a lesson that he himself does not follow a lot. Uh, but that's, you, you can't worry about things you can't control. A lot of ha the things that happen in your life are going to happen no matter what you do. I I'm not saying that as someone who believes in like fate or destiny. I just think there's things that happen that aren't in your control and there's no point in ruining your day trying to fix things that you can't fix or solve problems that are just out of your hands. So I think you have to focus on what you can do and um, make the best out of what you have. And so most of us can't make a vaccine and make this all go away right away. Um, but we all can, you know, take small steps to keep ourselves safe and the people around us safe. Um, and I've been doing that. I've been seeing a, a good amount of people doing that. And so I, I don't think there's any point in not being hopeful and, you know, thinking the world's going to end because, okay, maybe it does. And then, you know, you're dead and you're right. Like that doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. I, I'm, I know that things will pass and hopefully it's soon. It might not be, but again, it's not really up to me. So I'm not going to get worked up about it. I'm just going to try and enjoy the time I have and make the right decisions. And I guess I am hopeful that people will do that too. And eventually we'll get through it. When Thank you for speaking with me today. I mean, this was, once again, this was a moment in history, our now 41st episode. We're coming back after a break. I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me and for sharing. And this was WCCS Podcast. And for all those people who will listen to this in the next few days, thank you. And for all the people, to the historians we were talking to earlier, to ourselves in a few years, I hope this just reminds us or tells other people what it was like to live through this time. But thank you all for listening.